you see the guy who did, you know, like Snake? I only know it from the phone, but it used to be in an arcade machine. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't called Snake, it was called, like, something, something else. else. And there's a man who had, like, the record for, like, because it goes level, 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 and basically the screen's full, isn't it? You get yeah. to a point where the screen's full, but it just gets faster and faster. And he had, like, the, the record, and then they, they had about this whole documentary about these two blokes wanting to get this, this prize. And he'd been doing it since he was a kid. He was, like, the top. And then it froze. Oh. <laughs> and he's, like, near there. He's been on it for hours as well, because yeah. apparently it takes hours to get to this level on the thing. And it freezes up, and it's like, oh, my God. I think they had to stop it, I think, in the end. There's a great documentary, which is about, essentially, like, I can't even remember what game it is. It's something trashy and retro. Something which like you don't even consider like a main title either. Yeah. And about like people competing for the records and arcade machine records and the amount of drama which goes along with that. Oh my what socially like they're yeah, getting well, angry like, at each so other and... there's like um there's a place in the US and it's like an arcade place and they have their official rankings and they started doing it during the eighties and they kind of came out and then officially have rules now. They have like rules on what actually classes as a record because obviously people are setting them at home. Yeah, and saying what this is. Yeah. And there's stuff like one guy like modified the inside of his machine oh, so it's course, like delays yeah. and they have to record it and live stream it and they do like competitive challenges at a show and they like keep going into like how I think it might even be like something like Pac Man. But they just like there was all these like intricate little tricks. It's having learned. to get yeah. so <laughs> And there's, to like override it all. There's like one bit where they they're on about so you, you get your lives, and if you die, obviously you lose a life. But they stack their lives so they have like hundreds of lives, so they can take breaks. Oh God! So they stack them up, so and then they still go, it. So they can walk away and be like, okay, cool, I've got I've got like a brief break now of like a few minutes <laughs> whilst I slowly lose lives, and then they go back and then keep running. That's amazing. The patience, though. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever been that good. Yeah. (laughs) Who feeds them? Oh, on the breaks, I suppose. I mean, I guess friends and family. (laughs) There's a support. Like, you know, when they have like rally drivers and they always have the person who sat, I can't remember what they're called. They're called something that like give you directions and stuff. They just have one of them just doing everything you need. Toilet breaks. It just gets messy. Just in the car, constantly. (laughs) I don't think I ever got, with games... It's funny, it's kind of a thing I always wish I was really into, but the physical effects it had on, on me, like yeah. scary games or anything with conflict. Okay. I used to play Tomb Raider, but I only liked when you could train in her house. <laughs> so as soon as it got to real world. And the like, butler follows you around. <laughs> yeah. And I used to like lock him in the freezer for God, a bit, yeah. walk around, just explore. Because apparently there was something there at some point, but I don't know if I ever unlocked it. But I just wandered around. And then um, that was it. The main yeah. game I could just couldn't. Just as soon as wolves are coming out of everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed. Why am I doing this to myself? It's nothing but training. That's it. That's essentially how I get through life. It's just <laughs> random topics. But welcome to the podcast, Evie. Well, thank you so much. Thanks uh, for the coffee. For anyone listening, can you tell them what you do? Or what your what oh, your God, thing what is? Do I do? <laughs> <laughs>
I always find it so hard to like. Well, I, I, I have define. a problem with kind of creatives, not a problem, but a problem with creative <laughs> guests. Yeah. Because you do so much and they creatives tend to do so much. I always feel like I Dabble. can't just say, oh, you're this. Unless yeah. I'm, it's very obvious kind of thing. Because I like, I consider, consider you a performer. Yeah, yeah. But that's quite that a broad well. spectrum yeah. of what you could be. You know, you could be a musician, you could be an actor. Yeah, know. it is weird. I always think it would be easier if you could, like, title. You know when you're Not promoting yourself as well? If you could just be like, I do, like, actor. Yeah. It's just like, actor. Act. Yeah. And it does cover a lot. But, like, yeah. performer, I mean, yeah, like you said, that could be... Could be anything. But at the minute, I'm kind of, yeah, doing, like... Um, I finished two pieces that I did do in the year. We filmed them the other day, actually, because I want to go out and push them out there. Mm -hmm. I've got about four. And I guess they're more like performance art, but like with comedy in and uh, a lot of costume. I like a lot of costume reveal and stuff like that. No nudity or anything like that. Because no. I used to do like burlesque and stuff like that. So, But I moved away from that and kind of more like just comedy and like lip syncing and lots of uh, pop culture references. It's kind of like drag queens because they just yeah. have all the references, and I just love it. What's the word? Is it vaudeville? Yeah, it could yeah. be. Yeah, that kind of like vibe, a, like like a mixture of just like a piece of entertainment that doesn't yeah. really have a, a purpose. <laughs> just kind of is. Just takes them on somewhere for five entertain. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> five entertain. minutes. People yeah. go, what the. Are we allowed to swear? Or yeah. Is it? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, yeah, in terms of rules, there's... there's yeah, where are the rules in there? <laughs> there is no rules <laughs> to the pocket. There's no rules. There's no format. <laughs> I don't edit. It's free for all. It's fine. That's fine, then. It's it's just about con <laughs> like conversations. <laughs> that's it. That's good, then. Yeah. Because the... Um, yeah, when I did uh, the performance, Mel came to see me at Rough Trade, mm. and there was a guy um, in the audience, and... He was overheard after I, after I finished. He said, what the fuck was that? And I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> That's, That's the kind want. of reaction yeah. I want is, what just happened? <laughs> as long as they're looking and they're yes. not bored. Yeah. And then it's up to them to decide they after what, what like happened and if they were okay with yeah. it. <laughs> I think, this, I don't know. I like my personal opinion of most art and engagement with like audiences is that you have to troll an audience. Yeah. A little bit. Like, they have to engage with it enough that they can sit there and go, all right, I'm thinking about things slightly different. Yeah. So if, if someone's sitting there and go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it just blew their mind. You just you start going, okay, I need to consider this in, to, on such a level that I may need to take this home with me <laughs> in, in my brain. Like, unpack it, what yeah. happened. I guess because I think it gives people the freedom to, like, dislike and hate. You know yeah. what I mean? gives them... Instead of thinking, going in there and going, you will like this. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. You will love this. Yeah. And then instead, just like, here's the weird thing. It's up to you how you feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not offensive. So yeah. you're going to feel one way or the other. But I mean, it won't some be people a... might be offended. But then even better. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is outrageous. I think, this, I think you can kind of go down two lines with it. You can either go, okay, here's the thing. Doesn't matter if you get it. You're yeah, go, you're gonna have a reaction to it one way or another. It doesn't matter if you get it, or you can invite it, where you're like, you're gonna hate this. <laughs> like, yeah. you're really gonna hate this, <laughs> and that's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, I do. De I definitely play it 
it's hard like when you promote it amongst people you know yeah. as well and then uh, say like I'm in Nottingham and people want to come see and I'm like oh it's just it's not a big thing it's like yeah. especially because I'm on stage for like five minutes so it's not like a full, it's not like a band set where it's mm -hmm. like half an hour or something so if they're late it's fine I'm yeah. always like if you're late don't worry don't bother <laughs> I'm literally on and off kind of thing and I'm not going to sell it like that do you struggle to sell your work to other people like, yeah, I'm surprised anyone finds it interesting. Yeah. But I think, oh yeah, it's hard to kind of, like I said, them. I don't feel like I'm selling it. I feel like it's more like I'm doing this thing, letting people see bits. Mm -hmm. And then if they're intrigued or they want to see it, then it's fine. You like it to be more coincidental. Yeah, like, I guess right, I just so. happen to be wandering past and wait a minute. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because it's so quick. Yeah, I think so. I don't really do like the... Pro I mean, obviously now I've got like my acts that I've put together and I want to get filmed. So then mm -hmm. it's... But then it's going to like promoters as in people doing the gigs and yep. stuff like that, cabaret nights and stuff like that, where there is... I guess with that, the audience, they are prepared for more quick turnaround, like the act, like burlesquers and things yeah, like that, yeah, magicians. Okay. It's all yeah. kind of quick. Variety. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. But when I'm like, because I've done supporting bands and different things, I think it is definitely, it's like people don't know. Yeah. And they've accidentally really walked into it. I don't yeah. know they're quite aware what's happening. I like that, like, combining just different catching things, them out. though. Like, it's taking something like performance yeah. and stuff like that to just a gig. Just, oh, yeah, there's a band playing. Oh, yeah, but we've got this going on beforehand. You, you're going to, yeah, you'll, it just relates. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> It does work though, because I guess people then, people who catch you then would never come to like a cabaret night or a yeah. burlesque night or something like that. They'd be like, oh no, maybe yeah. not for me. But if they come and see a band and like kind of, and then you've got the references in the piece that I'm doing, I'm doing the weird thing, yeah. but it's got connections of references. Yeah. And they go, oh no, I know what's happening. Oh, wow, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. I think I, I went to see, what did I go see recently? So we went to a gig in Leeds to see a metal band. Oh, wow. Um, and their performance act before then was a rapper. Ah, so it completely shook it up. And it, and it completely bended, but it's like you get that quite a lot with metal bands where they will have a, a front act who isn't the same as them, who's completely different style, tone, everything. And I think it's because then it, it means that you, you're going, you get a different experience. Yeah. But then also it's not overshadowing them. Yeah. It kind of goes in, you go, oh, well, yeah, because yeah, that would be bad yeah. if the support Spot was better. better than you. <laughs> that it's like, it's yeah, we're the heaviest in that now of the support act. <laughs> Just slow it out of the water, like, was it good? Was it was. Good? It was, a, I can't remember the name of this. I get the name of it wrong because I accidentally Google mapped the wrong place when oh. we went because there's like the cross keys are the key club. And they too can many be a, keys. There's too many keys. <laughs> Leeds has an obsession with keys, apparently. Um, but yeah, no, it was really good. It was like kind of like down a little basement club type thing, which is, I think, is it, it was a proper. It felt like a proper gig. Yeah. Not like when you go to like somewhere like Engine Shed, where it's like nice, big open space. Yeah. Like proper space. It was more like no, this is like a garage band setup where you're in a room and the room is the width of this room. Yeah, like intimate yeah, kind and of space. Like a bar which they've edged into it. Because yeah. Because you have to have a bar there, sort of thing. So, yeah, no. It was, it was What's the form? I've never been to a metal gig. You've never been to a metal gig? Have you been to gigs? <laughs> yeah, I've been to gigs. Mother half, he's a musician. So, obviously, okay. I've been to. We used to go to gigs all the time, like when I was younger. But they were more like. 
People go see like MGMT and stuff like you know, like at the social though. Like yeah. at the bodega there was loads of bands just coming through there. We used to go there all the time. But then I just slowly I think because I got more into like sixties music and stuff, and then mm. I was like and then I was looking back at all the stuff like my dad had brought me up on and then I'm re like never really listened back to it. But yeah. I've, you've it's always been there. And then like then listening back. And then I just got more into that and then but then I do like loads of different genres of music, but I probably am still a little bit like more old school, like even like nineties kind of stuff still. Yeah. Like like I like a lot of rock and things like that and different loads of different genres. But definitely probably I'm not very modern. I mean I'm I always say that my music is stuck in what I listened to when I was sixteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, I listened to those playlists. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true for most people is you you get what you're into at 16 and then you divert from that and with how how deep you get into something else yeah. is, isn't necessary because you'll always have what you were at 16. Like, I, in my car, a lot of that is, like, new metal. Like yeah. Limp Bizkit and oh, yes. Corn yeah. and all that. It, because yeah. that's what I grew up with. But I did, I loved, yeah. like, loads of, all the pop songs, obviously. I never yeah. bought the albums, but the hits and stuff like yeah. that. I definitely listened to, like, Corn and things like that. We used to... Because it was all of that time, like that seemed like it was a mixture. Mm. I feel like the chart stuff, it was all felt a bit mixed, but I don't know whether it was yeah. the video channels I was watching and stuff as well. There seemed to be more contrast though back then. Sounded I very feel like it was, but. <laughs> <laughs> back in the 90s, in the early what... 2000s. <laughs> I know, that's kind of I, when I discovered, like, on. I, uh, I iTunes yeah. the playlist from yeah. these years and I'm oh, sending yeah. them to my friend Kiri like Kiri listen to this yeah. and she's like oh my god you've got to listen to this it's got all these old songs that we used to like dance to and stuff what I, yeah Spotify suggested like best of 90s or easy listening 90s and then I had walking on the sun just on a loop oh yeah <laughs> And then just Alanis Morissette came in, and I was like, "I'm just, yep, this is just nothing but Alanis Morissette <laughs> for three months." <laughs> but, She's awesome. That first, I used to be a clean. The first job I had, I was a cleaner. Okay. It's one of the best jobs I had. It was, I was on like more than. I don't think anyone's ever said I was a cleaner. It was one of the best jobs <laughs> I ever had. <laughs> I know it's a strange one, like, but when I was younger, I never thought anything because it was like they were never there. So it was yeah. like two offices, right? An estate agents and a uh, travel agents. Weirdly, the estate agents were m- so mucky and yeah. dirty. And then the travel agents were dead clean. So that was like an easy job, get yeah. it done. And they used to really like me. The estate agents didn't. So it was like, I was doing my job well in one, but apparently not in the other. But um, And it used to be just, yeah, three hours a night, yeah. keys. So you just go in and then you just earphones in. Lance Morissette. Yeah. I listened to that album so many times in there. And I just hoover and yeah. clean away. And then that's it. Lock yourself in and then you just leave when you're ready. But because there was no time, you, they said, go whenever you want. Right. So you could just like so just do anything. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're not there. Yeah. But sometimes, obviously, if I had a late night, I'd go early in the morning and then get it done before they come and then it's all right. Seems fun. I keep just rediscovering old artists. In the minute. Well, even all that. It's like I recently got well into Dido. Oh, <laughs> like I don't know how I feel. So into Dido. <laughs> like, it's kind of. I thought it was like a one-tone kind of thing. I don't know whether. I think maybe the, it's more varied than I realised. I think it was the thing of like you do because again you you hear the hits as it is. Yeah. And then I kind of put an album on. And I was like, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to, more to this. Lot to, and obviously her voice makes it singular tone because she yeah. has a very distinct voice. But I was just listening to all of Dido. I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> just down, down this rabbit hole. Obviously, she did the thing with Eminem, so that's where yeah. I knew her from. Yeah. My first concert was Eminem. Your first concert was I was Eminem. ob, like anyone knows me from when I was younger, obsessed. Like, okay. my room was like just covered in Eminem posters, obsessed with Eminem. And um, what he played, God, I don't know who he is. I was 14 when okay. he d- played Milton Keynes. Right. And um, Milton Keynes Bowl, so I'd never been to a gig. It was absolutely massive i don't know if you've ever been there no no big open space and uh my dad like begged my dad and my dad said okay and he took me and my friend jen and it was uh it was crazy i mean looking back now i think because my dad went off in the back right and then i um me and her stayed at the front we're like 14 i'm like all excited and stuff and then i remember there was people taking cocaine next to us and i was like this is random and then (laughs) people throwing glass bottles all of yeah. a sudden there was just people and this woman she went past us she'd been hit in the head there was blood everywhere i was like what this is weird Paying a wonderful picture of milky i know that's <laughs> just waiting for eminem to come on and then i was behind the vip area because i'd like slowly i'd like yeah, been there yeah, first yeah. thing right at the front can't go for a week yeah. obviously i wasn't drinking at that point yeah. and um i noticed this guy come into the vip section i was like sure that's the a boy from down the road. And then there was another one. I was like, he looks like someone from my school. And then I realised it was uh, Blazing Squad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was like, what? And then Westwood was there as well. And I remember thinking, this of is course. very surreal. <laughs> but it was amazing. It was yeah. a really good gig. Yeah, it was insane so, for like, my first one. What album? Like, is that like a tour? Or just like uh, the Eminem show that one was. Okay. Hmm. So is that, yeah, that would have been the third one, wouldn't it, after yeah, yeah. Marshall and then that one? Yeah, I can never remember the names of the albums. I know the covers, but I can never... Yeah, <laughs> I did lose it after, I think I got to, was it Encore? Right. And then that's where I drifted off from, even though I still like have a fond oh, I still place, very spot. And the, oh no, I still yeah. listen to it. <laughs> the stuff later on I've kind of, I've not delved into. It's quite strange now. Yeah, like, so there's been a lot of talk about him recently again, and I was like, yeah. wow. But then I found that talk really interesting, because people were so pent up about it. Yeah. So obviously, it's a it's a throwaway line to him. Yeah. It's a throwaway line. And then all it got me thinking of was back on his old tracks, when he'd wow. have similar <laughs> throwaway lines. Oh, yeah, lots of them. And, and there's that one where he's uh, he starts talking about Columbine, and they like cut it off in the track, because yeah. they couldn't release it, and all this kind of stuff. And there's a, there's a track which I can never I can't remember the name of, where he literally says something along the lines of "Sometimes I just say things to piss you off." Oh, <laughs> you like, know why he's doing it? Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, reaction. But it's watch. It's weird watching it go round again. It's like it's new. Yeah, it's like people forgot what he did. He was doing an lullabies before, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's for gone a while. Rogue. He just went away. And, you know, <laughs> they thought, oh, he's retired. Yeah, he's not not being controversial anymore. It's a safe place. It's just... a safe place. And he comes out. It's like no, he's still just. I'm just going to offend you again. It's like sure, I'll do a few albums which are a bit uplifting and a few singles which weren't necessarily celebrity based, and everyone's like, yeah, it's nice, and says no. <laughs> you don't go back into the war. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, I thought that. I thought, that's, I know, obviously, whatever, but it depends what people take of it. But he's been mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff, like you said, for years. Yeah. Like, that's if you're going to start there, you'd have to start, you know, like people who are celebrities get like their Twitter feeds and stuff brought up and whatever, yeah. like from years, not, yeah, wouldn't yeah. have had Twitter years, whatever they were using. Yeah. 
MySpace. And it all comes back. Yeah, MySpace. <laughs> something you said on MySpace. And then it all comes up. Imagine if they just went through his lyrics like that. And they're like, because yeah. that's basically what he's doing. It's like poetry. He's just putting it out there. Well, I think even Eminem show, he did. It's like three or four tracks in there where he just riffs on 9-11. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, There's a lot, yeah. It doesn't hold punches no. in any way, shape, or form. He's not bothered. No. He's I mean, you wouldn't like, be at that stage, would you? He's like, I, I think, I don't, I don't know if that's scary or not, if you get to an artist level where you have enough money to do whatever you want. And with no fear of consequence, no fear of like consequence. yeah, you're not going to be like yeah. cancel as in yeah. like the cancel culture label, and stuff. Prince's mm. own discs, so you could do whatever you want. Yeah, is, is that would... good or bad? <laughs> I don't know whether like you look for something. It's weird. I always like Jim Carrey when he talks about like money and okay. fame. Yeah, and he always. I know obviously now he's like very deep and he's doing a lot of like talking and thinking and putting things together and. But he said about, I wish that everyone could experience this mm. because then you'd rule it out as that's what not what I need. That's not what I'm actually chasing. Yeah. Like, and I always think with them, is it even though they've got the money and stuff to do what they want, would it really make it? Would that just, would it just almost like be non-existent to them at the same time? Because they're yeah. just like, it's not important anymore or I don't know. But then I always remember Forrest Gump when he uh, sells the business, the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, and he yeah. says... We don't have to worry about money anymore. And, I, and he said, that's a good thing. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that little bit of freedom. That'd be nice. Just that little thing you don't have to worry about again. I guess there's a, that fear as well, though. When you get to that level, that you kind of, you might not even want to make things anymore. Because part of creating is struggle. It's if you don't struggle. struggle anymore, can you create? Yeah, I definitely feel like with Eminem, obviously his lyric, everything went the other way, went in a different direction as that struggle became mm. less because he couldn't keep rapping about trailer parks, you know, for <laughs> the next God knows how many years. People and stuff. don't want to hear him rap about drugs anymore. No. <laughs> or his mum, he's not even rude to his mum anymore. No, he apologized. We didn't apologize, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought like, that was really nice, oh my actually. God. Well, I don't know. I think she tried to sue him, I think. But it was weird. It's a weird one. There's a few tracks he's done about it, and he he went like he won't play. He won't cleaning play out them. Cleaning anymore. out yeah. my closet, which is a classic. It is a classic. And it's just like <laughs> I would say, it's just a strange thing of watching someone kind of grow in their family life, and obviously when their family life was such a huge part of their music, mm. and the the tone is still like. But then at the same time, he's still exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've done like... a lot of growth, but at the same time, you're still exactly the same yeah. as you were. But angry at different. Yeah different things yeah like even like i remember it's the way i am isn't it where he's like talking about the de- the deal the record deals and the labels and stuff so it's mm. like already that kind of like this is the next kind of the industry issues yeah. and then like going on and on and the fame and like yeah. dealing with but i always think with fame i mean famous people i don't know how they can how hard it must be to fall in love and like trust people because yeah. there's this element of you that's always something that somebody else might want and it might not be because even though it's part of you yeah it's I kind think... of more of a lure to people and who do you trust i just think it's a weird one it's the same i think the same with like even just like wealthy people because that's kind oh of yeah like without the trope the in like sitcom- sitcoms into of you meet someone who's well, not sitcoms romantic comedies where they meet someone who's rich 
and yeah. they don't know that they're rich and then they instantly fall for them because like oh well you don't know who i am but oh, you still yeah, like me mystique. and all, all this kind of thing um rather than it being oh no i want you for your money but then when everyone you hang out with has money yeah i mean surely they must be trustworthy <laughs> you can't just be expanding your fortune over and over again <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know whether i wonder if regular people do that <laughs> just for just say i don't know do does wealth come into it when you, you like, when you're regular yeah i don't think i know anyone who's wealthy but i think if we're all we're all regular yeah I always, I did always think if you met some, because like being creative, generally there is a struggle, and there's normally a financial struggle that goes with like that yeah. side. A lot I'm always of the time. surprised when I meet creative people who have money. Yeah, that's why I mean. <laughs> it's like the struggle is normally there. We'd like know yeah. that that's not the money's not on that side. But so if you, but then we, if you were to meet someone who just like I don't know, maybe they have a high executive job. They're not yeah. crazy rich, but they're they can afford a lifestyle that maybe how does that work kind of thing i've always found thought it'd be really nice to be the creative one in a relationship like what and the other one not yeah <laughs> I, like, it'd be this strange little thing of the idea of me dating someone who is completely normal like yeah just like a, an accountant yeah a, a lawyer or something like that. someone who has just a regular job which is like a nine to five. They earn like a standard wage. And then th- there's just me. Their interests like, are like hobbies rather yeah. than, yeah. Yeah. They like, you know, they like to bake. They, you know, watch something standard like Home and Away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just watch Home and Away on a weekend. And then there's just me. <laughs> just in Except the corner in, like. In the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Chained to the thing I don't know like. if it'd make me worse or better. <laughs> it might normalise me. or it might be... Yeah, you might be yeah. lured in. Because I, I always think. It's kind of like being creative. I've never thought I was creative growing up. I was always doing other things, mm. but not knowing why I was doing it. Like, why do I want to do this, make this thing, or look like this, or why is this happening? Like, why am I not content with just yeah. that? Because I think when I see people do that, I think, look at all that, look at all that free time, like just to do something you enjoy. Whereas we're like working yeah. a job that we have to for money and whatever and then trying to fit in your creative stuff around that whereas other people were like what do you mean you're busy at the weekend you know we can go out and do this do this when you're like well i've got this i actually need to work like work on it's not like work work but it's work if that makes sense i was as a kid i had like a weird envy of people who were regular like no i didn't want to be regular I, i never had the thing where i was like i want to be normal yeah. Or anything like that. I never felt weird about being weird. Or anything like <laughs> yeah. It was just like, no, this is just something which I am. But I, I, there was always a thing in my head where it's like, it'd be so nice to be a bin man. Yeah. Have a family and be completely content with that. Just being a provider yeah. and just... Just like, if I could just do that. Enjoy I'd weekends. be happy with doing that. That yeah. seems like such a nice idea. But I always noticed that I'd never be happy. No. And I'm like, that's such a strange thing to like look at people and go, I'm, you know, I'm envious that you can't turn this off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, there's days where I'm just like, so this, like, no, I need to make something. I know. <laughs> I need to do something. I need to, I've got this idea rolling around in my head, and just, but no, just to be able to just turn off, that'd be great. <laughs> exactly. It's that like turning it off. Because yeah. even though it's not like um, 
yeah, it's like I, I feel like I need to do something, but it's not yeah. like I need to do something where there's people who are like workaholics that have to, yeah. where they're like to do something, they just go to the gym or something just because they've got to do something yeah. and it makes them feel good. Like, I'm not going to go to the gym. But it's more like, oh, I've got this weird idea. Yeah. Let, let's maybe write it down, maybe start it and then maybe not complete it and then move on to something else. <laughs> Another one, but it's like, Ideas, even when you like, just try not to have ideas because there's too many that we're already working on. Yes. And the brain's like, oh, <laughs> like even on the train looking out the window, and then yeah. I'm like, this is the dangerous oh, time. Trouble is it the It just worst starts time. coming, and yeah. you're like, no more, no more. We haven't got time. <laughs> We've got too much we're working on. Trouble is, I think the worst thing because you're you're in a box <laughs> for hours, nothing else to do except be there with your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly your thoughts are like, yes, we could do this. And this and this, but then you also don't have access to anything because you're I in know, a box. No. <laughs> it's like I you can't even this. see if it works or just like, get on with something. Can't look anything up. I've lost signal on my phone, so I can't even Google it. <laughs> I have it. to try and hold on to this idea for four hours. Stay, stay with me. Get off the bus, and then suddenly it's gone. <laughs> so I had, I used to work at Primark when I first worked, uh, moved here. I worked in Primark, which is crazy. It was fun in a weird. It was bizarre, but it was good. And they they had us on the when I used to do the till shifts. So it's like six hours, mm. and you know how fast it is. It's not like small little hello yeah. everything. It's like, but I learned how to just completely like switch off because mm. once it just becomes natural, you're just like a robot. You're just yeah. doing the thing and saying the things, and you, there's no thought process anymore. So I was like, right. And that was the worst time because I was there for like a year and I was just getting, it was just ideas building, building, building. Yeah. And then I was like, how much can I do in my own head stood still doing this? Like, can I literally <laughs> like figure out materials, how that's going to go together, draw it like somewhere yeah. in this side of my brain. And then if I put that with something over it, like yeah. physically, how much can I do? So then when I go sit to do the thing, have I already done a lot more, like done enough work in my yeah. head that's going to make it easier? But then I think I still think working in Primark for the year, I've still got ideas from there that I'm just I'm just working just, through. It's just still all of it, <laughs> just filed away. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to say it's productive procrastination. If you leave yeah, one project kinda... and go to a different project, yeah, it's, it's still productive. You're yeah, procrastinating from the project you're meant to be doing. Exactly, you put it but down. Yeah, and then something else. The worst is though when I'm like I have an idea and then I start. Okay. And then it's the next step of that idea. So it's like, oh, could have elevated that. I should have really done right. Okay. okay. It's like improving it be- before it's done. Does that make sense? Like instead of finishing like a draft, it's like halfway through and I'll be like, Stop no, again. this needs to be, yeah. this needs to be better than this. And then I'll do it again. And then it's like, no, it needs to, instead of being like, right, let's just finish it all. See if it works. works. Yeah. And then, which is what I've had to do with these acts. I mean, I've wanted to film have four acts for years because mm. I've had ideas and I've worked on stuff but I've never got to a finished mm. <laughs> finished piece we'll lose visuals halfway through <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine <laughs> yeah so I just think um, yeah, and then just like right just finish something and yeah. then deal with especially like costume you want to elevate it you want it to look like in the end, like a, I don't know, like Vegas, something crazy. Yeah. You want to make it, but it's got to be the base. I've got to like accept the basics and yeah. not compare to like up there yet. Like just get this done. 
and then build. How do you test your stuff then? Because, like, I mean, like, comedians go out, obviously, they, oh. they trial their, their material. Mm. Like, they slide it into other stuff. And, like, fine artists, they'll get the visuals and then they'll show them to people as, like, criticism and stuff like that. But for someone who does just performance stuff, do you have, do you tweak it? Or do you just go out and do it? Do you perform uh, it to yourself? Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't... Uh... Sounds like I get no feedback. I just go out there and do the thing that I think, oh, I like this thing. Well, I, think, I, think, I think people will get yeah. the thing and then go out and do it. But obviously, there's a lot. Of t- like, even when we film these things at the weekend, I'm still like, right, nah, I need to... Like, it's more the uh, functional side of it, like where I'm mm. taking things off and then there's something else coming out. It's more like the practical side that doesn't really work. Yeah. And some bits, the way when I've gone out there, how people react more to one bit to another kind Mm. of thing and I'm thinking oh do I change the music to sit like if they clap in this bit yeah like a comedian I guess but comedians then can stop yeah but when there's music running it's constant so there's bit there was a bit where people clap because they think oh wow but then I'm like oh there's more so I need to like whether I stagger it or cut it off there or figure figure that one out yeah Um, because before there was a piece and it sounded like it just finished yeah and then I was so I had to change that, um, but yeah, I've not really. I guess just trial and error and see what yeah. see what people react and say. But I guess because I like it, <laughs> that sounds yeah. terrible. But it's like because it's become the thing. As long as it fits what I wanted it to be, yeah, I that think that's makes better. Me happy. Yeah, I think <laughs> even if no one cared, at least I know I've done the thing. Yeah, uh, and it, it's how I envisioned it to be, rather than pandering to an audience so to speak yeah yeah I think that's a better way to do it is go out and do what you actually want to do and then if the reaction's there the reaction's there and if not don't worry about it yeah because you just have this because it was quite I had an idea of a performance piece quite serious actually I don't think I've ever it's so easy to be more funny Mm. because you can get away with a lot more and I feel like it's more relaxed whereas being quite serious I always think it's really diff- like difficult because it's got to go really right. Yeah, if you're setting like you a, gotta have the right tone. Yeah, setting a tone, and because I'm quite clumsy, it's always <laughs> it's always quite a scary, <laughs> scary thing. A few moments. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just, oh, it just goes into slapstick, and then like try and bring it back like to serious. I think that's why when I used to try and do like the burlesque stuff at first. I was in like a troop thing. It was yeah. really fun actually, but they we had a lot of routines. They weren't serious, but they were I guess they were more like on the slinky side. And I just like couldn't because I wasn't feeling that way, and I just felt like this because I'm so clumsy as well. It doesn't feel natural to like, especially with dance moves and stuff, and yeah. like feel. I mean, I'm surprised like you're that. clumsy because there's a lot of movement. In, oh. <laughs> like, oh my god! In I'm performance. Such a <laughs> It's like things always, I just think, oh my God. And it's always that, I think that's what gives me the fear before like I go on, I've stopped wearing shoes actually because (laughs) because just of anything. I just feel like I'm so clumsy and I feel like my feet are rooted. Yeah. At least I know I can stay on my feet. Yeah. (laughs) Anything happens. Feet are on the ground. I'm doing okay. (laughs) If I'm in shoes, I feel like I could fall and then I'd slip or something crazy is going to happen. I feel like I'm more out of control. Yeah. So I've stopped wearing shoes, which like aesthetically doesn't look as good, but it just gives me that I know I'm safe. I don't know. Like I think shoes, like shoes and no shoes, can add something. Because like I think, oh, when I think of it, I think of like ballet, 
Ooh. I don't really think of them as wearing shoes, but it makes but it a lot rawer. Yeah. So it's like it's more primal in a way, I guess, because you're yeah. barefoot and just paint your feet. More... Yeah, <laughs> to look like yeah. shoes. Yeah, paint your feet to look like shoes. Exactly. I don't like the heel, the heel side of it though. I can't. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see it work now. <laughs> But I haven't noticed a lot. There are a lot of performers who don't wear shoes and yeah. do, people who do. And I think that was the thing when I first started doing stuff on stage. It was like, that's why I like getting older because it kind of like finding what you're comfortable with. Like yeah. at first thinking you, you go into something and this is the way it's set up and this is the yeah. way that you kind of, and then you slowly learn that there's different people doing different bits like that. And then, and it's not that actually that way. It can be yeah. this way and this way. And then finding your own, like the no shoes and lip syncing as well because the first thing I ever did was like a burlesque piece but I was like um peacocks in a cage I had like this cage on and uh I did like it to arcade fire so casually, actually just like just wearing a cage just <laughs> with two peacocks in <laughs> just it just <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, I did it to arcade fire okay. actually one of their tracks and but I was lip syncing by accident I remember they were saying, oh, you should, you know, because of the way the performance, I don't know, the way that the show was, if you're doing burlesque, you shouldn't really be okay. lip syncing. And I thought that was a thing. I was like, oh, I feel awful. Like, yeah. I shouldn't have been lip syncing. Can't believe I did that. But then now I'm just like, why have I not been doing that the whole yeah. time? Because that is natural. Like, it's just coming out yeah. naturally. So it's like now. And then, so then as soon as I was like, well, it's basically when I saw drag queens and stuff and they're just embracing that side of it. Yeah. And you're just like, of course, that's perfect. And then with yeah. quotes in it, movie quotes, things like that, that we all love. And it's like, wow, this is a different way. It's kind of like all come together from all yeah. different places. Yeah, I, th I think that's, it's, it's, it's that creative snowball, isn't it? Maybe mm. you find one thing which you can do or one thing which you like, yeah, no, I like that little edge on top of everything else. Yeah. So I'll just keep adding to it sort of thing. Yeah, like why force myself to wear shoes if yeah. I've been worried about shoes for so yeah. long? Worry about shoes. Because <laughs> it just... keeps you up at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's just shoes in general. I wonder, I had a bad car accident. This, I had a bad car accident when I was a kid. Okay. And we, we came flying off the road and hit a tree. I thought you were about to say you hit a shoe then. And oh, right. Like... <laughs> just crashed. <I> know. <laughs> the car slid on a shoe. Oh. Um, no. And we hit the tree, and then the tree snapped in half, and basically the car exploded. Okay. It was all very dramatic. Yeah, that sounds. And uh, I thought, and then uh, my leg was trapped. I was saved by um, I had like a baby in a carry case. Okay. And because the seats were those push back seats, there was no back doors. Yeah. So it went like that, squashed my leg, and but the baby thing stopped it from completely squashing okay. my leg. Yeah. And uh, well, I had to pull me out, but I lost my shoe and obviously I must have gone into shock but yeah. all I could think about I can still see it now all I could think about was this shoe and I was like how can I go on with yeah. just one one shoe what about the other one like and apparently in the hospital I just couldn't stop I must yeah. have been about five I just couldn't stop talking That's about it shoe. so then the nurses they got me a pair of slippers with smiley faces on to, to like thing and then when dad went to see the wreck afterwards because he went to get some bits if there was anything in the car that we needed and I asked him, like, did you find the shoe? And he didn't find it. That's, and I can still see it in my head. That's heavily childhood trauma. I'm learning to drive at the minute as well, so I'm yeah. always like, shoe, shoe. How are you finding that? Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah? 
yeah. I find, always drive. Find it, yeah, I, I always oh, find amazing. it interesting, like, different people's reactions to driving. Like, yeah. I have always been comfortable with really? driving. I failed my test multiple times. Yeah. But I, I'd never had any fear. It yeah. was never like I got into a car and was anxious about what I was doing. It was yeah. just I made mistakes, and that's why I failed my tests. Um, but yeah, see, like some people get behind the wheel and it's instant. Like as soon as you're behind the wheel, nerves set. You in. feel like, and I just find it fascinating. I feel like it's more of, and this is not a good thing. I've, I have more of an outer body experience. Which is <laughs> so it's like maybe you shouldn't be driving. I can't. <laughs> and I said to the the driving instructor the other day and I was like I said okay I know I'm in the car you okay. tell me I'm in the car I'm in the car I know I'm in the car but I've never seen myself in a car right like I, I've walked around like the streets all my life and seen cars go by I know what yeah. they look like I know how far they are away like where they're positioned and stuff yeah but when I'm in the car I can't <laughs> believe that I'm in one of those cars <laughs> like I can't see it and I said maybe I said someone could film me driving past <laughs> so I know it is me doing the thing and he was like no one has ever asked me that before and I was like well <laughs> welcome to my world. yeah it's like whose reality is this I don't know I don't but it's like out of body because I've never seen this view before I've been yeah. a passenger yeah but I've never had this view mm. and like I can't judge how close I am okay because I've just but when I see it from the outside, there's loads of room. Yeah. But when I'm in the car, I feel like I'm so close to everything. I'm going to say something which sounds terrible. But I feel <laughs> like a lot of driving is you push the car to go where you want. And then you just assume it's going to make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, there becomes a level of, right, so I'm driving. Like, it's a, there's a thought which I have when I'm driving at, like, 70, 80 miles per hour. Maybe not I know, I get... But, like, oh, gets... you're kind of, like, driving along and your brain goes, if I was to sneeze and my arm twitched, I'm dead. Because yeah. your steering wheel go, everything That's what goes I wrong. Think... So, you're just kind of going along and you think, okay, I'm just going to assume I'm going to make it <laughs> my God. down this road. Because there's, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. So, your brain just kind of goes into autopilot. And it's like when you go between two cars, or there's a car on the other side of the road, I'm like, if that person sneezes, I'm dead. <laughs> so it's like no I'm just going to be fine it's just going to make it through and to a level where oh, I like okay. I don't even think about it I don't even think about the distance anymore doesn't matter how close I am to the car because I'm like I've done this thousands of times yeah. and I've yeah. been fine yeah. if one day I hit something then yes I'll probably be more cautious but for the time being I'll make it <laughs> for now I'll make it it'll be fine don't that's worry about the weird it. I've had that thought I think going up like you said like yeah. going the the going fast mm. and he's always like the driver's just like put your foot down put your foot down and I'm like it's down and he's like we're at 44 we should be at 60 and he's like put it to the floor yeah. and I'm like Ugh. and then we get up there and it's that I'm like if I just go like this yeah. then the whole thing we're just going to die yeah. if I just move my arm suddenly and then it's that like or is it going to move is it yeah. just going <laughs> to and you're just like this is the top speeds but he's always like it's safer because actually it's not all wiggly and yeah. everyone's going that thing, but because you've, you've got that speed well. on your side, you like. And and he said because, like, I couldn't go up to me before. I was struggling at like twenty miles per hour yeah. because he said you're probably so used to walking. Yeah, that you this is fast yeah. to you. And I was like, this I feel like we're out of control. Like like twenty miles per hour. And then 
he'll I'll be going down to 15 by accident he's like you need to pick it up and I'm like we're going so fast <laughs> I feel like I can't make a decision fast enough there, I, I think there's a level of maybe not not necessarily not caring about what happens yeah but just understanding that things happen just helps yeah. kind of get through that yeah he says don't overthink it yeah just it's like driving at night People really hate driving at night. I yeah. love driving at night. Really? Well, you've got less Ooh. distractions. It's because good. Yeah. nothing around, less traffic. Yeah. If something comes out, I can't control that. No. So therefore, we're just going I'm going down the road. And we're, it's easier as well. Through villages, though, yeah, at but night. You just, you just aim for the line. No, I'm thinking more like people in the bushes. Like, oh, yeah. you know when it's all, all the trees bushes, are though. over the top? <laughs> <laughs> if you're falling out of a tree in front of my car... <laughs> I'm kind of, you might be to blame in this situation. People just dropping, sorry, yeah. never, people just dropping out of trees. But I, I can't, I didn't realise, because I didn't know how to drive, I've been mm. in a car for goodness how long, yeah. I didn't realise that people were doing things wrong. I just assumed everything was fine, yeah, never everyone was doing a good job, and I was like, <laughs> everything's fine, and then as we've learned to drive, yeah. there have been so many accidents not involving me, which is surprising. And it goes on all the while. And luckily, people just survive because their reactions are so good. Like, they'll just break quickly or they'll yeah. nip off quickly to try and avoid that happening. And people yeah. are actually just constantly avoiding accidents, it seems, from what yeah. I'm seeing. And I'm like, my God, I didn't realise people were, like, on it like this. I thought it was kind of everyone was doing what they should be doing. Yeah. But it turns it, out no one is. You get to a level of where it's, it doesn't bother you anymore. Like, I've had so many near misses on one occasion or other but like my heart rate doesn't even peak now yeah but you do it because you're, you're just death. like you're just you're like yep. <laughs> carrying on there's a while back where i was i think i was in derbyshire and i was just driving along and there was like something had fallen off the side of the hill and was just in the road and That's i didn't so see ominous. it i don't <laughs> so like something real last minute and i swerved about two foot to avoid it into the other lane there's a car coming the other way and I went straight around I just carried on and I was like Jesus and then when I pulled over at the end I was like yeah that could have been the end oh. <laughs> that would have oh. just taken my car out Jesus what was it it must have just been like a rock the thing off like the hill mossy boulder <laughs> yeah because I thought because there was a bag in the road when I yeah. was driving the other day and I thought oh, it's just a bag and he's like you don't know what's in the bag because yeah. I'm just like I'll just drive over it it's fine he's like you don't know what's in it <laughs> could be something in it and I'm like oh yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't think of that one I think I get surprised when the only time I get nervous is when my car slips like if, if I'm on ice or oh. you like drive over a cardboard box when it's been wet and your you wheel spins a little on bit it. and that, I think that's the only time where the I'm lack like, of, like mm, control. lost a little bit of control there that wasn't great oh. I didn't even realise <laughs> being a passenger that most of the roads there isn't enough room for two because there's parked cars. Yeah. Didn't know that was a thing. And then now I'm like having to stop constantly yeah. because there's parked cars. I'm like, since when were they allowed to do this? What's happening? And he's like, it's always been this way. I'm like, why have I never... Because I guess because with people like yourself, like yeah. if you've been driving for that long, it's just so smooth. Those meet situations where it's just yeah. like that. And then you kind of, you pace it. Yeah. So you know you don't really have to stop. So it's like that. And then I'm like, oh my god, there's a car coming this way in the car, yeah, and I'm yeah. gonna have to wait for this one. And I'm like, this is madness. It's like when you meet uh, like something coming the wrong way or the right way on a country road and it's single track. Yeah. 
and you you have to pull into the grass. <laughs> and, you're just like, and hope that you it's just... like I've got. I hope I get out of this grass. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't get stuck because I'm letting this guy past and he's gone as soon as. Yeah. <laughs> Help! Most of the time, I'm driving on my own as well, and my car's not small. <laughs> it's like a saloon. <laughs> so oh, I'm just yeah. like, oh my god! It's like a box electro, and you just like there, like. Yeah, if I get stuck, I'm doomed. <laughs> That's it. But not to worry, I'll be doomed. It'll be great. Fine. Embrace it at the time. In the country. Yeah. I was, Going the, back to the animals. I was, I was watching, I think I was watching Community the other day, and there's an episode where they get stuck in the woods. And they're all really panicked. Yeah. And, and I was just in like, this happens a lot in shows, where people get lost in woods and really panic. On foot or in a car? Just on foot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty scary. I'm thinking but Blair Witch. I don't think, I just don't think takes that scares me. me. Dark? No. <gasps> no. Because oh, I can't. I can just I walk in look in the garden. We live in the UK. You can walk thirty minutes and hit civilization. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you go in a circle? Well, you just walk straight. Oh, I've got a bit of a limp, so I tend to naturally drift. Right. Just drift towards the right. Like even with driving, I'm slightly. And I said, it's funny how I do this. I said yeah. because when I bowl, temping bowl. Yeah. Always to the right. You go bowling a lot. <laughs> Not that often, but I should. That. <laughs> I should. I love it. I love bowling, I but on my side, it's just luck. Yeah. I either look out and do like crazy well, and yeah. then next time I just can't. That's me hit and darts. One. I have no depth perception. <laughs> I like I'm darts though. The worst for it, and I've played darts many times, and four hours was the the longest game. <laughs> We, we went in and we were like, yeah, we'll play darts. And yeah. both of us were terrible. <laughs> so it just goes So on we were just on. going on and on. And we got to a point where it was like, right, whoever hits the bullseye. The maths is just like, yeah. I, it's all gone. Adding we up. can't win because neither of us can hit what we actually want to hit. <laughs> yeah. So now it's just pure luck. Whoever hits the bullseye wins. <laughs> and it was, it was so long. That's like stripping it back to basics. It's yeah. like when I did, I remember doing tennis in school, we thought the aim was. Just to keep it going between two yeah. of you for the longest as possible. Just back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. The, the longer it goes back and forth, the more points you get. Hmm. That should it's be like the way it's played. It should be more of a marathon like yeah. spot. It's like yeah. not scarring against each other. Just how long can we go for? Yeah, how long before <laughs> Whoever someone accidentally drops it, hits it too far? Loses. <laughs> yes. That's it. I didn't realise it was like a competitive thing. A lot of spots like that. I think like volleyball. It's like, how much more fun would that be if you just had to keep the ball up for hours? Yeah, just keep like going. constantly. On sand, don't they? That's we did it, but not on sand. Yeah. It Painful. I just remember that yeah. kind of... No. No. Badminton. Badminton. I've never played badminton. Really? Well, I mean, in terms of school sports, we had the options of football, rugby... Were you a boys' school or no, no? Oh, mixed. we were at a girls' school, so they didn't. They just separated the sports. Oh, so they did put boys to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everywhere it's, it's strange because I always wanted to play hockey, like oh, field hockey. But, but yeah, it, it was only for girls. Which is weird because in America, like ice hockey and stuff. Well, here it's massive, yeah. isn't it? Any sort of like hockey. Yeah. Well, oh, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's like no sticks above the waist, no sticks above the waist. It was like, oh my god, it was just chaos. I remember because if you don't know what you, you're playing yeah. and you, you're not bothered, it's just it's just swinging around. It's, it's just, just arming teenagers. I know. It's <laughs> dangerous. So you're angsty, you're depressed, you're angry. Here's a wooden stick. <laughs> <laughs> Go into the, the field. 
It was awful. They used to make us do it in, I remember winter, and because yeah. we were at a girls' school, we had to wear skirts. So you weren't allowed trousers, which actually later on changed. Yeah. Thank God. But um, so you used to have to go out there, and I remember just being like, so cold. And it, our field was like opposite the school, so it was across mm. the road. So you used to just get weirdos just standing on the side, just peering in yeah. at girls playing sports <laughs> it was just like oh my god it was so bizarre so creepy badminton was all right but only yeah. if you play the how long can you keep it up game i don't know how the real game goes it's no. let's keep it going game it's like squash though squash fascinates me whether because they, the they, they play against the wall yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like i don't squash is such a stranger because i think of it when i think of it now i think of like middle class country clubs and like rich businessmen playing squash. Yeah. But it seems like such a poor person's game. Yeah, like against a yeah. wall. I have a tennis racket and a ball. I'm going to play, play against, against the wall. wall. Yeah. And then you get really rich businessmen like, no, 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 no. You, this you is how you squash. Clear. This is how you squash. And like, hmm, I feel like there's a lot of people on council estates that could beat you. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can do this with a stick and a rock. <laughs> do they play ping pong against... They put the table up, don't they? And they do. I think they, they do, practice yeah. like that. Or I don't know if that's a game itself. If that is a sport, half know. sport. Because that's in Forest Gump, isn't it? I know. We've well, gone, we've gone everything back goes to back to Forest Gump. He kind of. Um, I find him so inspiring because he's just like. I think it's because ever since I was younger, I was like, he has such a varied life. I love he that. He does, yeah. Like the way he just obviously, and he's not real, but go. It goes from one to another thing to a yeah. weird thing to another thing and I used to think that's amazing like all these careers yeah. like in one go and like even now I see the thing where I saw it the other day where it says like shit happens and in the film they like he acts like he they he came up with it yeah and I always think oh Forrest did that I love the amount of people who watch Forrest Gump and then Google is Forrest Gump real oh <laughs> Is this based on a true it's story real guy. <laughs> I'm just like I'd love that to be based on a true story I know. But sadly, we're not. Oh, no. <laughs> we're not that blessed. It's like, yeah. So he, but those those shots where he they impose him into yeah. things. When I was younger, I was like, "How? Yeah, this is so real." Like when he's with John Lennon and stuff, and like doing this thing. And now I'm like, "Oh, I see it now." But then yeah. I couldn't see it at the beginning. I used to be like, "How have they shot this like this?" Yeah. Like, I think it was easier back then to hide stuff like that, though, because we were watching on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's not as precise. Yeah, I think this is a lot like of like edges. a lot of films get re well replayed now, and people are like, oh, they're, they're terrible. Like the graphics are terrible. How did anyone get away Watch with this? this? Yeah, like Jumanji is such oh, a good God. example. When you were talking about your car falling thing, yeah. I was thinking about Jumanji yeah. then. Like that's so, so many people watching. Oh, this is terrible. It's like yeah, but you you didn't notice because you're watching it on a grainy screen on like yeah. six before format in some weird. TV with a massive back you're on not it. Gonna, you're not going to notice that. And you're a kid. It's just all... I watched it the other day. It's not that bad, though. No. The monkeys are a The bit, monkeys are weird, yeah. But they frighten... And I, even yeah. though I know they don't even look real, they frighten me after death. Just because they're so violent. Like I'm just like... Yeah. For a kid's film, they've got guns and things. They're nuts. Gangster monkeys. I know. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They're throwing <laughs> knives. And then... Because the lion's pretty chilled out, to be yeah. fair. They just like, lock him in and he's not even bothered. But... The a lot of that was, but with the puppetry and stuff like mm. that, I actually think it's really good. Like with the big flowers and the vines and stuff like that, is like 
amazing, but I just forget how sad it is. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's so horrible. And they think that he's been chopped, again, it's quite <laughs> chopped up and put into the walls. And now they remade it. Uh, Have you seen the new one? No. I mean, I'm, I physically refuse to watch it. It no matter how good it is, because I'm just like it's not Jumanji. It's got the, it's got Dwayne Johnson, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart. They've all been. I can't. And like, I like those people individually. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't care about seeing them in a Jumanji film. Robin Williams, like, is. I don't even think it'd have to be Robin Williams. Oh, I just love him. I love him. I feel like he couldn't be... I think because it has got... I feel like there, there's a lot more comedy and, like, Hollywoody kind of thing. It felt quite... Re- well, it could have been real. Like, I feel yeah. like it had that kind of, like, edge to it. I know they did that one in space. I did watch that. There's one in space. Like, um... The Game. Oh, it wasn't even real. Again, like, Jumanji. They make these board games, but you can't, like... Buy the proper ones. Would well, you, you probably buy Jumanji? Like, oh yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if I opened a board game and I started hearing drums over that, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. This will be a nice thing to keep on like a mantelpiece and freak people out with, but I am never rolling these things. <laughs> Otherwise, you're never getting out. But the space one was like you know, like old tin toys. Yeah. And it was like a roll, like a space launch with a oh, little yeah. rocket, and then it kind of like builds its way up. And, yeah. And, but then what happened was, instead of going into the game, they end up out in space, just floating the house. Okay. Just floating, yeah. and then... I think I remember seeing a trailer for this. Things that are happening are more yeah. like spacey, so aliens or right. comets or other spacey things. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't too bad. Obviously nothing. It wasn't, didn't have the fear factor. Yeah. I think Jumanji was terrifying. It was. Spiders, when he's like stuck in the floor. Yeah, and there's like a spider coming towards his face. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's so extreme. It's like, what else can we do there's to level, them? I think with Ron Williams, there's a level of sincerity he brings to a role. Yeah. Obviously, he's very on, very comedy, and that's why we love him. But doesn't matter what role he was in, there was a level of he could be a real person. Yeah, yeah. At any time, whereas Emotion like, in it. The Rock and Jack Black are caricatures. Yes. At their best moments. Yeah. And they know that. And yeah. they play up to that. But with Ron Williams, it was also, no, it could just be a regular guy you see on the street. I think yeah. that's what I love. Yeah, he's got that, obviously, he had, he's got that depth to him. And, yeah. like, you could, the sadness as well as, like, the happiness kind of thing. Yeah. Did you see... This one, I had not seen it. I Like, one hour photo where he's obviously playing quite a serious character. But it's the other one where I'd only seen it a few years ago for the first time. And he, like... It's kind of weird because it's the way, like, social media and stuff is now. And, like, when you die, mm. they put together, like, a showreel of you to play okay. at the funeral. And that's what he does. He... He is an editor of people's lives. So when they die, people hand over all their films and photos and information and stuff and he gets bad people as well like okay. he's done bad things yeah. but he has to like cut together this beautiful piece of storyline of their lives and make them look like the best that they could like Sounds selective i have to look that up i don't know what it's i think it is even called the final cut okay so when they die then he'll work on it which kind of because i got mixed up with yeah one hour photo where he's like developing yeah photos in that that's dark that's a very dark film. But he's so good. He's so good. I, I, I love that film. Like, And I've always thought about people who develop 
pictures. I don't yeah. know how they can't know people and like get involved with people's personal lives, seeing everything. Not look. I mean, you have to look. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna look. This is, it's, it's a weird again. I don't know. In a way, there's a level of responsibility with it. it comes from developing photos that that confidentiality. Yeah, but then at the same time, I know I've known stories of because um, I know I studied, studied photography. Oh, of um, course, yeah. As part of my course, and friends I have now work in like snappy snaps and stuff like that, and I've known stories of where they've seen things and had to report it to police yeah there was a, a, a great story at uni where um a girl had taken well she hadn't taken photographs she'd taken stills from an artist's work and was getting them printed to put in her portfolio Oh, okay yeah but the artist's work was photos of her kids at a camp where they're practically nude yeah yeah and it's all part of her artwork and all this kind of stuff and it's like the innocence of youth and all this kind of stuff yeah of course when she sent them to the photo lab it was just nude pictures Random. of kids yeah and so they had to call the police and did they like, call the police straight away then i think so yeah i think it's I like guess, part of the thing like, you, yeah it's not, like if someone hands in a hard drive they're mm. like yeah you know this is this has got this on it and that she had to go that in and explain and show it's where the work, work had come from and all this kind of stuff Ooh. it's like there's a weird level of responsibility but then i can imagine i feel like there's a darker side where it, there could be people who take that and then hide stuff. And I'm like, that's that's the, like a weird creepiness to snappy snaps. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm incriminating snappy snaps. <laughs> but even if it wasn't something, they must see things that like, not like as illegal and dark as that, yeah. like as in like reporting, just odd. Just don't make sense. Like someone just taking, I don't know, I'm trying to, pictures of just something very particular in strange yeah. places and stuff like that and they're just very normal people not in an arty way either no. just like that's their thing when I was a kid my mum gave me disposable cameras yeah <clears throat> and I became obsessed with the idea that I could essentially shoot a comic book with them oh right and like yeah. do stills and it would be stills and then I could put them together in a, a thing and so I took my action men and my toys. This is so cool. And, yeah, that's amazing. And just like pose them and put them in positions and then took photographs of them. And they were awful. Like, there is, <laughs> the photos of them are no, there's no narrative in any way, shape or form. They're yeah. just really bad photographs of figures. Something. Yeah. And I, I was like, imagine like, yeah, that went to a developer. <laughs> just like 20 They looked at them and it's just like, like there's a bunch of random photographs of action men. In <laughs> and in one of them, it's on fire. And I don't... <laughs> There's a cast, there's a dram dramatic scene. <laughs> <laughs> I used to take pictures of just, yeah, my bed, because I had one. I remember it had like two handles though. Okay. It's like yeah. blue, had two handles. And that, everything was always slightly out of frame. And yeah. then, but I used to take pictures of my room and I think I used to say, in case anything moves, I know where it, okay, where yeah. it lives. And then we had them, my mum went and had them processed. They're just pictures of the shelves and pictures of just different parts of my room. Just quite like, oh, right, okay. I mean, then, they probably... I don't know, they must have been expensive then, but now they're, like, extortionate. Like, yeah. Call them windy-windies, like, instants. Yeah. I We took some to New York a few years ago, and literally, I think we had about three or four, and only, I think, like, I'd say a third came out okay. Yeah. Like, just not quite right. I think the quality of them, I think they're only from Boots, but they were tenner or so each. Yeah. And then the developing was, like, tenner on top. So I was yeah. like... 20 quid and you're getting like a third you might as well digital and then just print them because which yeah. is sad because i liked the windy windies and i've had some good windy windies in the 
past. Yeah. But recently, the experiences I've had have been terrible. Yeah. I think it's, uh, to me, because I'm, I'm a person who's like terrified of performing in front of an audience. I can speak in front of an audience. Yeah. I can tell a whole large room of people exactly what to do. But the idea of putting my art in front of an audience terrifies me. Oh. So when I did photography, I always saw that as my version of performance. Yeah. Because I could put myself in it. I could take a still frame and then I can show people the still frame and it's a nice little distance between, between me and, and the them. audience. It's like, yeah, yeah you're going to critique the picture. You're not actually critiquing me. But they're me, not looking directly at, yeah. Even though I'm in it. Yeah. And everything's, you know, it's, it's, it's like work. a nice little disconnect. I think, I think the same happens when you take like photographs on holidays and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I'm taking a camera with me. I'm not recording me. I'm just going to show Taking you this little bit. You things. can't criticise what I did as a break because yeah. it was a holiday snap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't take pictures of uh, when we go on holiday of most things mm. because I think there's just better pictures on Google. So if I, <laughs> if I need to show someone, I say, we saw this. I saw this. <laughs> Not my bad grey yeah. picture, like bad angle one. I'll be like, oh, you know, yeah. went to the Eiffel Tower. Here you go. This is what it looks like. Yeah. In its prime and it's glory and i do it that way instead i do try to avoid photographing touristy things yeah it's usually pretentious you're like oh no i'm not photographing that that's <laughs> too much too touristy he's had far too much uh, air time i like i like photographing mundane things yeah like stupidly mundane things like bins yeah and car parks i love photographing car parks really i don't know why either someone said to me once that it's a very manly thing like, it's Ooh. like a masculine thing for me to want to photograph car parks. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. No. <laughs> <laughs> in any way, shape or form. But yeah, no, just mundane things. So even if I'm in, like, a foreign country, I'll just be like, no, take a nice photograph. It's like car parks. Yeah. I can see it. I can see that. I always think, I don't do, but I always think, like, my eyes tend to go to things, like, especially, like, when you're on a train or something. Mm. And I just look up things like, say, like a car park and like a corner of it. I'm like, has anyone been there? Has anyone walked there? Yeah. What happened to that corner? Yeah. Why is no one looking after it? Who does it belong to? <laughs> like this kind of like, we have so we have little space, but then there are little spaces. Yeah. That are just like I don't know if anything lives there, like an animal or something. I think yeah. what lives there, what goes on. I love. I mean, I'm going to take it back to shoes. I love seeing shoes in like wild places, strange places. Yeah. How? How? How did that go there? Someone found my shoe and was Someone like... Found your shoe. Someone has seen it and been like, how the fuck did this shoe Yeah. <laughs> just by itself. Your earliest piece of performance out. So oh, I'm yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> there was... Um, I, well, at one point, I used to take pictures of brollies. Okay. Um, like, just on my phone. I started years ago. It was all a bit crazy. And I called it parapluri, which is like... But the French for umbrella... Mm-hmm. And when we had like really old school phones and I collected those and I'd give them characters. Okay. And I started doing it on Facebook and then it got like, I just used to put it all on my Facebook, I think first. And then people were like picking up on it and then people from all like literally all over were like sending me photos. And then I was like writing up characters for each one and then posting them. Mm. And it was lovely. The people were so sweet and stuff. And they'd see just because umbrellas, just the way they get like shoved into bins and just like left on the street they're like bodies they're just like dumped everywhere yeah and then um i managed to somehow get into 
the I think it's the Daily Mail put me on the website for the photos of Rollins. Right. So it was like there's this girl and she does this thing and they asked me some me some information and they put it up there. And I was like, This is bonkers. And yeah. then more people were contacting me, but then I couldn't really keep up with it. I was like, This is kind of strange. And then I had a woman who said that she was the first one to do oh, it. <laughs> and she was angry. Wow. It was weird. And yeah. I was like, well, I've been doing this since forever. I'm not really bothered. It's not my full-time yeah. thing. It's this just a thing. I'm not trademarking. Yeah, it's just like happened. And she was like, and then she made like a Facebook page saying like, the original, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think hers were called like something umbrellas. Yeah. And then... Um, then I, I've still got the Facebook page, but I haven't, and there's people still sending me stuff, yeah. but I've just kind of, I felt like, you know, when something changes and it's, I still collect the photos personally, yeah, but it became such work. Like yeah. I was like writing things up and even though it's only a little thing, I just felt like creatively it wasn't coming to me anymore. Like the yeah. ideas when I was seeing them, it wasn't really like clicking. Yeah. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, this story, I can see who this is, like what character they'd be. And then yeah. I just started losing it a bit. But still, like, thank you, it always sends me stuff. I love it. I still collect them all. Yeah. And I've got loads printed at home, like, <laughs> that much of just abandoned brollies. There's a bunch of brollies. A friend of mine likes to photograph, um, what is it? You know when you see fleeces with, like, dramatic oh, wolves? Oh, like wolves and yeah. stuff. She yeah. She loves photographing strangers with those. And where they come and from. And just, like, who's producing this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, there's so many as well and they're so <laughs> different and who, first off who's buying them yeah. <laughs> who's producing where's the these? demand yeah where's the demand but then who's... you see them everywhere you see them everywhere like oh, it's disturbing that's that's the thought that's like your friend if your friend's having that thought I always have that thought about you know like well in charity I love charity shops yep. but when we used to go like Skegness and stuff and you go in these weird shops and there's like and like we went in a charity shop when did I go the other day and there was this piggy bank but it was a pig wearing a dress laid on its side seductively like lifting the dress up and then it was just a piggy bank on its arm and I was like what machine made this (laughs) who did this was there a conversation did it just happen it looked like it was obviously manufactured and I was like there's a machine somewhere in this world yeah. That, makes that. that makes that there's room in this world I love something like that because you think back and you go at some point somebody designed this sexy pig yeah. sexy pig bank they were sat in their house or their work and they drew a sexy piggy bank <laughs> and they had to draw it to specification so it could go to manufacture yeah. and prior to that someone went we need a sexy piggy bank <laughs> In a way, I'm like, I'm curious how long of a process this was. Yeah. Like, was this over years that they came up with this? Maybe this was their passion project. Yeah, Maybe they were this like, is this what is where I'm going to make my yeah. money. You know, like we we spend our time in evenings, you know, doing what we want to do. Maybe they were like, no, I want to make novelty. I want to go big with this. Because when you're manufacturing, I mean, yeah. you're wanting to get... You've got to go pretty big. You've got to go pretty big. Especially when it's like something like porcelain as well. Yeah. Or like ceramic. You're like, that's a lot of process. You can't you can't do a small batch no. of sexy pig. <laughs> sexy pig bag. You gotta go out on a limb. And was just... it was it part of a collection? It... Was she just one of many many a sexy pig bag? That's even better because then it's like someone <laughs> to a graphic designer was like, We need twenty pigs. Um, <laughs> different ones. Range of emotion. <laughs> 
and you, <laughs> probably even one of those things where it's probably just a word thrown out. It's like, no, we could have like business pig and, like, <laughs> yes. and clown pig and, you know, like a sexy one. But we'll, we'll get to that down the line. <laughs> just stuck in the head of like, I can do a sexy pig. I can do sexy pig bang. Yeah. I'll, I'll do sexy pig bang. You do that one. Let's see what we come up with. And then who buys the machine when it's done? The moulds. Yeah. It's like someone will own those. Can models. we use this again? Yeah. No. Yeah. I did a, a podcast with uh, a girl named called Sophia. She curates and does like art crafts things. Yeah. And she did a curation for the stonemasons, not stonemasons, or the masons, not yeah. the stonemasons, the Simpsons, <laughs> <laughs> but like the masons, Freemasons. Freemasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, she did an exhibition for those, and it was basically wow. she got access to their collection for the one in Lincoln and all, what all the they places. collecting. Well, just like everything they oh. have from their history. Oh, okay. Because it was like an anniversary of something oh, they did. Okay. And they could go through all the stuff. So it was like obviously photographs and mugs and shirts and whatever. And there was a jelly mold with the logo and the writing and all this. And she was fascinated by it. And it's just, it's one of those <laughs> things where you're like, at some point, someone went, so I we're having a dinner party. <laughs> yeah. But we'd like <laughs> the stonemasons thing. <laughs> emblazoned in the jelly yeah branded oh yes. branded, jelly. branded jelly fits with the brand yes. it's all got to be that got to be on brand got to be on with brand the there's so much stuff like especially charity shops so because people don't have ornaments and stuff anymore i mean i have a few but not many yeah and it's like you see all these like all the glass like and people have made these things yeah. and then now they're like almost worthless because yeah. people don't want them anymore and you think, like you said, it's been through a process, it's been through a thing, and then now they're just all, you know, like the crying just onion jars and yeah. stuff. Just I love stuff like that. <laughs> just, you know, I just love looking. It, just like, this is amazing. That <laughs> we got to this level of needing this in our lives, apparently. And someone said, <laughs> yeah. that's it. We found one, and I wish I'd bought it. It was like um, a baby mobile. Okay but with pictures and normally like they're all colorful and stuff like that but it was like hypnotic symbols like right. swirls black yeah. and white swirls and like black and white shapes and stuff like for hypno babies yeah. like it was in- incredible and i was like took a picture of it and stuff and then i was like gosh should I just i bet it was like a pound yeah it would have just done me well just yeah. a night at night just, just, just myself just looking gradually drifting yeah <laughs> I mean, if you're laying a baby down every night and it's staring at one thing, I mean, it's going to do something to it, surely. I mean, that, that's meant to be better for babies. Like, um, hypnotic patterns and, like, black really? and red are meant to be really good for babies. It's something to do with the way they develop and view things. But mm. apparently that helps. Like, bright colours obviously keep them entertained. But solid blacks and reds and whites really help them with, like, cognitive ability or something like that. It's tripping out. Yeah. I mean, being a baby's a trip anyway, like, let alone alone getting, like, hypno on it as well, like, seeing new things all the time, it's a trip, they must think they're tripping out, it's like, what the hell's that, what the hell's that, what the hell's that? Steadily dreaming away, (laughs) one day, I'll draw that sexy pig. (laughs) (laughs) It's the baby dream. Sexy pig. No one watches the Muppets and goes... You know what? That's not a sexy thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Look, Terry Jones. Yeah, he's gone. I feel like it's like oh, the beginning of something that I don't want to know about. Like with that group of people, I think. Yeah. 
But then I think they're also iconic. It's strange though because I think for like people of our generation, we see this as like a tragic thing because we're like we grew up with those. Yeah, those are the icons of comedy. But for people younger than us, they're like they just assume they're already dead. Yeah, yeah. There they're is like, that. who's Terry Jones? Isn't he? And it's like, oh, he's that guy from that thing, which yeah, I just assumed weren't. he's dead. Like, because yeah. we did as kids, you know, you, you watch like, I mean, like if I saw like Bruce Forsyth on yeah. something and I, or like I watched like Singing in the Rain and I'd seen something and seen them, I'd be like, I assume that person is dead because this <laughs> film must be ancient. Because when you're younger yeah. as well, you see people as like way older than they yeah. probably And then you see a news report well. and they're like, oh yeah, this person from Who? such and such time. You're like... Oh, they were still alive. <laughs> Life oh. didn't end after that film. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Toad. That probably, would, if most people would know, wouldn't they? Younger people, yeah. Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad is probably, yeah. They played that. I'm just happy Terry Gilliam's still alive. He's the only I one know. I really care about. Oh, <laughs> that's it, you're like ruling all that. I mean, Michael Palin as well. Like, oh. I think he's, he's a, but yeah, Terry Gilliam. As long as he's still around, I'm like, I'm okay, because he's still going to make films. It's good, and it's that, good. That's the back here. <laughs> Michael Paling was like, I remember I was at a girl's sleepover, and I must have been, I don't know, 10, 9. Yeah. And they were all like talking about who they fancied, especially boy bands, like, they were massive at the time, and it was like, take that and stuff. Yeah. And um, I told them that I fancied Michael Paling, and everyone laughed at me. Well, you and I was seen like, as the pretty boy, though. Uh, and I was like, but he's so funny. Even yeah. though I was like a kid and he's like this old man. But I was like, he's so nice and funny. Yeah. Why but wouldn't you? He was he was meant to be like the pretty one of the group. Between him and yeah. Graham. I yeah. I can't remember his last name. They were seen as like the attractive ones ah. within, within Python. And I, I think like my mum definitely was into Michael Bale. <laughs> <laughs> Thing. But then you look at the other people and you're like, the competition is it's not <laughs> within money. Hmm. Hmm. Do, do you really want John Cleese? <laughs> yeah, not so much. No, he's tall. He is tall. Yeah, he's got that. We um, I watched the documentary about David Jason. Uh, only called Del Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. And his beginnings and how he made it. Like, cause he, was it Darling Buds and May and stuff like that? Yeah, he did, like, all these yeah. other things. But he used to be with the Pythons, and I didn't realise before they were the Pythons. He used to okay. work with... Was it with John? He was definitely with Michael. Yeah. I think Eric, and then I think John. And they all worked on... I can't remember what programme is. Like, tuning... Something strange. Some sort yeah. of, like, comedy sketch show. And he'd always play with them, and then it got... It kind of got ended. wasn't going to carry on. And the others said... They had to go to him and say, we're really sorry, but we're going to start this yeah. this thing, Monty Python, and we just don't think you're right for it. <laughs> and they just told him, and he said, and then he was like, because now he's obviously an old man, and he did yeah. like Inspector Frost and stuff like that, I love it. Yeah. And he was like, I always think, what if I'd been a Python, if they'd taken me with them? I can't even picture that, though. I don't. I... Him working with them was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think... In a way, I see him as a very... Do not adjust your sets. I think that's what it was called. It does ring a bell. It does ring a bell, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It's one of those, like... It's probably been mentioned at some point. Yeah. But I feel he's he's almost too straight, like, as a character. All his characters, even as Del Boy, he's a very normal kind yeah. of person. Yeah. No, there's no surreal edge to him. couldn't quite... Yeah. It's it. And he was kind of... In this documentary, he sits down with... Um, I think it is Michael Palin, and they... 
kind of still justify why they never never asked him. Like, we're sorry. Oh, here's the and reasons why a, again. Yeah. <laughs> he's still a little bit upset. And I'm like, oh. Because he just, I guess he knew create, and he said he always struggled. I didn't realise how he did struggle, actually, like between his roles, like yeah. getting the next one and like he's managed to keep it, like keep afloat. But it, yeah. it was a bit of a like touch and go kind of thing and he felt very alone without without the others. That's the risk of, I think, in a way, that's the, like a, a risk of going back to performing. You know, you, you do, there's the level of putting yourself out there. So if other performers reject you, that's that's got to be a huge yeah, kick, like, kick to you. You're not, because it's always that thing of like, it's not necessarily because you're not good enough, it's just different. Yeah. It's just, just not right fit. for what they're, and I think it's hard to like, remember that a lot of the time because yeah. it'd just be like oh no being rejected but really like if he'd not done that then he wouldn't have gone on to do Del Boy and stuff yeah. like that which is like I love Del Boy <laughs> see I can't stand it no <laughs> way really it's one of those shows where I no. watch it and I just I don't know if it's the references I don't know if it's just the setup and maybe the accents your... yeah it's just not my cup of tea and when we were younger and people really loved it like you'd get kids like oh no it's the funniest thing ever I'm just like I don't get it I just don't get it yeah like, yeah yeah it's not there for me like I will happily watch Faulty Towers Blackadder yeah all of that all, which are all love classics. all of those things but Only Falls and Hosses I just don't get I mean I it's even I like I love Open it? All Hours you know I'll watch <laughs> yeah. that the two Ronnies you know but it's just but I think I'm the same with, what was it? The first thing I couldn't ever get my head around was, like, people watch, like, The Office and stuff, Ricky yeah. Gervais's stuff. I couldn't for a while, like... And it's weird, because people are like, this is so funny. Mm. And I'm like, I just... Yeah. No idea, but I'm just not... Or Alan Partridge... I think because I used to take it too seriously, and I'd be like, no, I'm not... I get Alan yeah. Partridge now, though, but it was like tuning in. Yeah. At first you I was like... adjust slightly Is how this kind of it? trying to be real? And then yeah. it's like, that's the irony of it. He's trying to pretend... And I was like, oh, this is confusing. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> but then there'll have, been, there'll have been performers who will have gone out and been like, this is what I do. You accept it or not? You're, yeah, that's you're it. You're the audience now. You're sort of there going, what the fuck? They're like, <laughs> why, no, is, why does he do this? <laughs> why would you do this on stage? I, there's, um, I love watching um, Johnny Vegas do I've interviews. Not seen his, I've not really seen much of him, actually. His stand-up was a lot of shock. Yeah. He, did, he did grotesque things in stand-up, yeah. and that was the character he built. And then you watch him do just like standard interviews and go around and do things, and he's just the sweetest man in the oh. world. Like he does, he's, he, when he was at college, he yeah. did pottery. He loves ceramics and stuff like that. And he's got like an arts degree in, in ceramics and something like that. It's completely out there. That's and so then, cool. but then you watch him on a show and he's like downing all the food he can. Yeah. Because he's like, no, because you, I know this is going to make you go, what the fuck? And therefore I'm getting a reaction out of you. It's funny. And it's it goes different. on and on. Yeah. And you just watch the process in his head where you're just like, he's going to do something odd. Is he on tape regularly then? I didn't even Fairly know. regularly. He does a lot of like panel stuff now. Uh, yeah. He's not so much. I always think a that's a good gig. I always think that must be great because it's not like a full focus on you as yeah. a comedian. You get that the way they can just share it out. But then I always think that's strange because it's it's like you're waiting for your turn. Oh yeah, you've got to get like your you're time sitting in. on the sidelines and 
And you just like go now. And if you if you miss it, you can't come back to it. No, like you've got the joke. You've just got a quick one. You've got to get it in there. Got to slide it in there, and it's got to be better than the guy who sat next to me, so it gets included. Yeah. Because the because I was there was never mind the buzzcocks. Yeah. When I'd watch that, and then you'd watch outtakes from that, and you realise they record for like three or four hours. Really, I bet there's a lot. And a lot of it's just cut. Yeah, just all the best bits. Yeah. You're like that's insane. Because there's a lot of just like non funny yeah. bits, just like yeah. in between. Just in between moments, things being set up. Just got to get in there and yeah. say your. Pe- I was used to watch um, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. It's amazing. And that was very, because it's improv as well. Like yeah. you have to like get in there and like do things. Chaotic, but yeah. I loved it. Again, that's terrifying to me. The idea of. Yeah, improv. I I used to love it. Yeah. We, I was talking to my friend the other day. I did drama with her and we did really well. But always improv. Yeah. Never, I could never do scripted, which is weird. I think because it's so, I'm remembering and stuff. Whereas improv, it just kind of happens. If you get yeah. the right key, something's okay. going right, and you think, ah, I'll just. Yeah. Not now, though. I don't think I could just. just well, I suppose improvise. I kind of do that sometimes. I think yeah. I'm kind of improvising. <laughs> I always say, like, when we were filming it, my acts, I was like, they do slightly change every time. Yeah. Like, because I'm just like improvising bits because maybe I've gone a bit fast a bit slow and whatever but I do like improv because no one would know if you were wrong or you're right and yeah but now I couldn't thinking about like a dramatics group and having to stand you know when they do turns and I feel sick yeah (laughs) and I'm like I might die before you even get to me I don't know what's going to happen yeah I think again like it it comes back to that kind of audience interaction of I, I don't know if it's better to know that it's improv that what you're seeing or whether you need to think that it's scripted because I love the idea of seeing improv and thinking this could be scripted if you wrote something which was so well written that it came across as improvisation yeah I think it's so well put together and then the audience is not they have no idea (laughs) that's it they always like because they always say no one like if something goes wrong in an act or something then you just they always say the audience don't know yeah as long as you don't react like yeah. oh my god something's gone wrong you just kind of like oops and then you just kind of like go with it but then yeah. in my head I mean most humans you think everything's magnified like this bit got slightly caught when I pulled it off yeah that's in my head like that's just happened and then everyone's like what yeah didn't see it why are you focused on that yeah I didn't even see it and I'm like yeah. it was so obvious I was Aah! like you know <laughs> feel like it was so over the top but yeah. really a split second and no one saw anything and you're like so weird Brief again because I'm only looking out of here I yeah. don't know what's going on out there yeah <laughs> that's the best way to do it though right? <laughs> you do what you're doing and then you don't worry about what everyone else is seeing that's, that's it just gotta keep on it I think that's a good point to round this out too yeah yeah do that's what you're good. gonna do and just <laughs> don't worry about the rest <laughs> no idea what's happening out there yeah no idea what's happening out there <laughs> Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. That's all right. And we will talk to these guys later. Hey. Perfect.